Dodge Yahoo, Phantom of the Forest, Dew, Spear, Finger, Fire, Dragon, Ohio, Grassman, Silver Giant, Bloodless Hollow, West Virginia, Vampire, Coyote, King, Hogzilla, Devil, Dark Coyote, Killer. Cave creature, Mothman, Smoke Wolf, Lizard, Demon, Ashman, Grafton Monster, Cow Killing Bastard, Shadow Creature, Dustman, Cherokee, Deathcat, Wild Man, Great Fire Rape, what else do I have to say? Steal yourself some chicken wire, and I'll get some lumber, cast the Thunder Brothers, don't you dare get out of the golf cart. We can keep our fixies while we hunt the fixies. Snally Gaster Rope Team, Red Island Bear Beast, Silver Giant Squalling Savage, Black Wolf was kind of average. Stone Giant, Raven Mocker, Midnight, Whistler, Wampus Beast, Wild Wild Woman, Ohio Grass Man again. Technically, Huckleberry Wolf, Man of Wolf County, need to find the axe again if we hunt the Lightning Man. A Webster's Werewolf, Deadly Howl, Kentucky Hellhound, Little Girl, Headless Horror, I can't take it and I'll get some lumber, catch the Thunder Brothers Don't you dare get out of the golf cart We can keep our big seats while we hunt the Big Feet This here's Big Feet, the only comedy podcast that is exclusively about the hillbilly monster hunting show Mountain Monsters. I'm Robert Brockway and I did not check the veracity of that claim. But it would be it would be fucking crazy if that wasn't true. It would be nuts. With me is well, it has to be Sean that goes first. He's the normal co-host of the we should have we should have discussed this. I no, was not uh, told this would be a comedy podcast. I I, I thought I we we're finally going to do something very serious. Really catch us a Wolfman. <laughs> intros, intros. Go, Sean next. Okay, I'm uh, Sean Baby from the internet. I'm here to catch me a big feet. I am uh, New York Times bestselling author Jason Pargin, and to explain very briefly the vibe you're going to hear, six weeks ago I get an email, I have it open in front of me from Robert Brockway saying, Jason, hey, would you like to record a 12-part podcast on the <laughs> Manhattan Project that we would release alongside the Oppenheimer film? We're going to do a merch drop. It should be like the, the conversation around that film should really help. I said, absolutely. Robert sends me a list of six books to read, including American Prometheus, uh, several books about the history of the, of the project. I read all of it. Twelve minutes before we're set to record, I get a second email that I'm looking at right now saying, hey, Sean's going to be about 10 minutes late. Uh, he's giving the commencement address at his old university at their graduation. Um, and also, in the final sense of the email, also the podcast series is now a total rewatch of all nine seasons of the Bigfoot hunting reality show Mountain Monsters. Well, you're gonna. Here's the thing: you're gonna use all that knowledge. So like the they get they get really. You haven't seen the later seasons. Like seasons seven through nine are just there. They get into the history of the Manhattan Project. He sent me a jar of slime and said, "Squish your fist into this." Until the podcast, that was seven weeks ago. So I've just been doing that for research, just making fart sounds. <laughs> Again, that's going to come into slime. play. That's no, very understand. important for what I they understand. Find. I got like Miyagi. I understand this will come back somehow. It's building the muscle memory in both of us that only, <laughs> only in the in the tournament will we realize. Bigfoot <laughs> is responsible for the atom bomb. That's all I'm saying. 
We'll get there. We'll justify it. And he sounds like this. <laughs> All right, let's do our plugs. What do you want to what do you want to plug Jason? Let's go with Jason. The new book coming out this year is called Zoe is Too Drunk for This Dystopia. It is a sci-fi novel, it's part of a series, but they are episodic if you just want to start with this one. They are it's one of the Zoe Ash novels. It is coming out in October. If you are listening to this after October 2023, it's probably already out. Unless it got canceled for some reason, which Go go Google that. There's probably a funny story. <laughs> okay, John. Oh, I'm part of an all-star cast of comedy writers at 1900hotdog.com, uh, the greatest uh, media outlet I've ever worked for, uh, co-founded by myself and our other host, Robert Brockway. What are the fucking ago. odds of that? Yeah. That's crazy. I'm here to plug the Dog Zone 9000, our other podcast associated with 1900 Hot Dog, where we find artifacts of, of pure garbage and we discuss them with enthusiastic people that uh that love to make jokes about it and that's dogs of 9000 every week there's our plugs great and plugs, now we gentlemen. we got we gotta go we gotta go because they're it's it's so dense these are so dense so mountain monsters if you don't know and odds are why would you there's no way you would know it's now streaming on on max it's not hbo max anymore uh, but before now, that, I just read a headline. I haven't verified. Did they do that so they didn't have to pay royalties to people who had HBO contracts? Sort of. <laughs> that, okay, that's a, a six-hour podcast. Okay. okay. <laughs> right, uh, what matters now is that Mountain Monsters. <laughs> what Mountain Monsters sits in the same app right next to The Sopranos. Yes. And and Deadwood and some of the finest TV ever filmed in the history of the media. Mountain Monsters just right there in the navigation, right Rightfully next to so. it. So, yeah, and because right I there. watch it, because it, because I watch it, you will see Mountain Monsters right next to those shows. Like you literally, <laughs> as far as you know, when you open up that app, if you have hit the right or very wrong algorithm, that's like you love hillbillies not catching a Bigfoot. <laughs> we've just found that spoilers. out. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> You're gonna love this, and it will put that right next to every every. It'll put there right next to Game of Thrones. Just just as good, just as good as Game of Thrones. Before it was on HBO Max, you could find it nowhere. It was it was not a, it did not exist. It was on. I I couldn't even figure out what it was. It was like a secondary streaming service of like a, a third party channel. Like it was Discovery yeah. Plus, but only the streaming service of it. Like there was legitimately no way to watch it aside from like hunting it down and buying it which is what we used to do uh and now they they're big time they got their big platform and everybody should not watch it <laughs> you should watch it. it's great uh it's the kind of show that had to turn a profit based on that based on that accidental viewership of the 12 people that had access to that streaming platform uh it's a reality show uh real hard quotes on that one about a group of hillbilly monster hunters investigating no paranormal, no quotes, investigating paranormal phenomena. Uh, and by investigating, I do mean murdering. And by <laughs> paranormal phenomena, I mean mostly Bigfoot. Uh, so it's like X-Files. If they wanted to kill everything they found and everything they found was a Bigfoot. Okay. And here's where we're going to have to clarify something right away because people are going to say, how did they get nine seasons and running? I, it's still a going, this is a going concern, right? Like it's still in business. <laughs> going concern. We're still worried about this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that people are going to say, well, how do they get nine seasons out of failing to find a Bigfoot? 
please understand, in the universe of this reality show, Bigfoot is not a singular creature. Right. America is absolutely infested with cryptids of all shapes and sizes. Exactly 100% of them are real. And in exactly 100% of them, they will run into within minutes of entering the woods. Yeah, they're ever, they're absolutely everywhere. They're, and they're not know, difficult to find. If anything, they're hard to avoid. Yeah, within the fiction of this of this universe, you literally can't go anywhere without just running into a cryptid on accident. And uh, I say mostly Bigfoot. They do plenty of other creatures. In fact, since we're starting at the beginning, we're starting with episode one here, you will see them discover wait a minute, this is all Bigfoot, isn't it? And then we'll, we'll get there. So they have a real a hard format they stick to. Every episode plays out the same, which is a, a bold choice. Uh, and you'll see as we go. Let's get into the first episode, which is season one, episode one, Wolfman of Wolf County. <laughs> now, right away, right away, people are going to ask Wolfman of Wolf County, do they call it the Wolfman because it's in Wolf County? No, it's just uh, Wolf, a man. It's just a Wolf man that's there. Wolf County, according to Wikipedia, is named after Nathaniel Wolf, a local politician. The fact that it happens to be a wolf monster and lives in Wolf County, total coincidence. Presumably the Wolfman does not know he lives in Wolf County. <laughs> And he's only coincidentally a wolf man. He's also just a big fan of Nathaniel Wolf. <laughs> I feel like Nick- if if they find him, he would say, "This is a hat on a hat. I gotta move." <laughs> <laughs> wolf man of Wolf County. Uh, so every episode starts with this warning: warning, do not attempt. The traps <laughs> and procedures seen in this program were developed by experienced professionals and should not be duplicated. Before conducting any hunting or trapping activities. Consult appropriate authorities to ensure that your actions are safe and legal. Uh, you will notice they do none of these things in this show. Not well, a listeners. They didn't consult their physicians either. I don't think a lot of these guys should be running around in the woods. If you, after this podcast, if you're going to go watch the first episode of Mountain Monsters, and again, it's free on Max if you have Max, um, you have no idea how funny that disclaimer is. It's fucking <laughs> hilarious to imagine that they they thought they would have a jackass style wave of dangerous imitators that would spur lawsuits of people seeing this and be like i'm gonna go fucking hunt bigfoot well and also like even if if you if you watch an episode from say season six many years into this and if you saw that in isolation you would think it was the very first time any of this men, any of these men had A, entered the woods and tried to traverse terrain, B, the first time they had ever held shotguns, and definitely the first time they had ever tried to build a trap of any kind or anything. They, the techniques are exactly worse than if you sent the three of us in this podcast on a Bigfoot hunting exposition. In terms of their ability to navigate the woods and, and all of those things. Yeah, that's a high point of drama quite a bit in these episodes. And like literally, they will play it for a high point of drama of just can can these men walk around? Can they walk around in, in nature? And the answer is resoundingly no. No. Legitimately afraid for them. Like somebody will fall down and it's like, oh, that's not funny. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a very old man who should not be in the woods. Uh, speaking of, let's do our roll call. Uh, our team is made up of Trapper. He's the team leader. He looks like a 60-something prospector. Uh, he's got a little neckerchief and my dad's fishing hat. He, he's wonderful. Uh, and I think he's probably the Robert Oppenheimer of the group. No in doubt. In terms of he, the one who put yes. the experts together. He found like yeah. someone to play each role, but he's like, He's like the guy at the top of it who's like, this is my plan. Yes, yeah, he will absolutely. You probably didn't even notice you did that, but that's how Brockway Miyagi'd you into uh, <laughs> having the background needed to talk about the show. I told you, it's all going to come together. It all, it'll all just fit together. This is a, a true crime mystery podcast, and we're going we're gonna to solve the atom bomb, and it turns out it was Bigfoot. Uh, our next is Buck, who's just advertised as Rookie. Uh, in these early seasons, <laughs> the role of rookie. Uh, he's 350 pounds of youthful innocence. Uh, he wears a do-rag in every color. Uh, maybe they change depending on his mood uh, or just being saucy. This he's is like important. Five the is important. squashed into a ball. <laughs> and with with one quarter of the energy. Uh, right. if, if they released a line of toys that were Macho Man balls in the 90s, which they probably did, and I just don't remember... This is that's what he would look like. <laughs> All right. <laughs> next is next is Huckleberry. You won't believe this. Another sixty-something prospector. He's security, which is a <laughs> hilarious way to put that. Uh, <laughs> He's Bigfoot security. Uh, well, Trapper is the one who carries a sidearm. Huckleberry uh, is, I would say the most tailbilly of them. Like he's the one who looks like uh, he hasn't brushed his teeth in several decades. And, um, and yet he wears something like a fedora. I'm, I'm thinking yeah. in these, in these early episodes, I think it, I think it changes later to be more of more of a hillbilly ish appropriate hat, but it's, it looks like just like a fedora he found in the garbage, uh, <laughs> which, which headgear is very important as we go through. This is, this is just great character design. They knew that all of these people would look the same. So they mandated different, Different, easily identifiable headgear for each of them. Uh, smart. Jeff, the researcher, again, uh, 60-something, looks like Prospector. Another, I'm going to say, like an ironic Friends campout hat. Like, I, maybe like Tibetan <laughs> cultural appropriation. I don't know. It's bizarre, but you could identify him instantly in a line of Prospectors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, something that happens that's great as they do this roll call for the first time we meet them is that uh, they start pointing guns at the camera, and once that seal is broken, they just can't can't stop it. So Trapper points a gun at the camera, and then it's like, Jeff, researcher, and he points a gun at the camera. <laughs> that's, his, <laughs> that's his research. I'm going to fucking shoot you. It's my research. I'm checking out these damn books, and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, Willie is our trap builder. He's a 40-something man, and he doesn't look like a prospector. He looks like he will share the location of some real, real choice copper wire in exchange for certain <laughs> goods or services. Good way to describe it. <laughs> and finally, we have Wild Bill. Uh, he's an expert tracker, which <laughs> never comes into yeah, play. Never come up. I don't believe he ever tracks anything. In fact, he seems to be most astounded by the things that they find. Uh, he's a 50 something man, and he looks like he really needs that copper wire, and he will be happy to perform those services. He, now, in the course of recording these episodes, we are at times going to imply something jokingly in the name of humor about Wild Bill. 
it is can't imagine it is possible that he is simply a very energetic man and is not aided by any kind of chemicals that we know plague the Appalachian area where these men are all from. It is possible this is simply his personality. If we imply that he is doing substances, this is purely for humor's sake. And if his attorneys are watching this, we are not implying any kind of criminality. This is purely a, a joke that we are making. And, and to our knowledge, he has not committed any crimes other than the ones that are plainly shown in the show. Yes, right? other than the one that he's going to commit in the in, in the course of this podcast. Uh, so we're into the first episode and every episode starts with uh, the four of the core team piling into Trapper's uh, extended cab pickup. Just, just a real big pickup truck full of Bigfoot hunters. And they explain the setup as they drive. So this is your, this is your exposition dump. Uh, while if you saw this pickup, you'd be like, that truck's full of Bigfoot hunters. Yeah. It's the, it's the, per- they, they market it that way. Surely in the commercials, if you, if you actually, when you get that Bigfoot, you're going to need a Ford truck to toss him in the back. The only truck that can haul six big feet. Cause that's how many you're coming home with. We got room for your security. We got room for your researcher. We got room for your meth head. Assigned, assigned seats. They got the security seat. He's on a swivel seat so he can fire that shotgun at big feet. The meth head is, is contained. So he can't rob the truck of its goods. And uh, Wild Bill and Willie are, this is where we learned that they're like secondary. Uh, I guess they're like second class citizens. They're supplemental hillbillies. So they're part of the team, but they're never in on this like main uh, fact finding mission. They're not in the main investigations. You don't, you don't meet them until they're needed. Because it is straight a- up the thing with Mythbusters when you had the secondary team of Grant and the, those other people, the other two. It's like they're not the two Mythbusters, to be clear. Right. They're there to help them build things. These are, these are interns. They're not yeah, real they're stars. Not, they are not going on the poster. These are big feet interns. Uh, they, hoping they for a career east things to see if they're poisonous. <laughs> yeah, they, I think they actually do that to Buck. So, but he's part <laughs> of the main team. Anyway, they're headed to Hazel Green, Kentucky, to investigate the Wolfman, and they say it exactly like that every time. It must be a regional accent thing. Uh, can everybody here say Wolfman? Yes, I would say the Wolfman. But I, I grew up country enough that I did know kids who said Wolfman. It's just kind of, like once you get far enough outside a city. Like it just adapts. It adapts to to Wolf. I found it completely adorable. It was, it just warmed my heart every single time. They'd be like, "I'm here hunting the Wolfman," and it's Wolfman is just way cuter. It it should be canon. Uh, Trapper says, "This is Wolf County. This has to be a place for a Wolfman." And Jeff, as he so often will, provides the last line of wisdom. You'd think. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he has a point. <laughs> you know, the, the, this is often how the, uh, after they provide some some exposition, this is often they'll cut to Jeff and he'll say something like, yeah, you think, and then, then we're out. That's a great, it, it a really great way to end the scene. It shows the off. lens through which these men look at the world. Like it's it's simpler than you think. It's, it's, it's not quite childlike. It's like more simple than that. It's like the slowest of the children that the other children like have to explain things to. I guess remedial Bigfooting is what we're yeah. doing here. <laughs> held back, held back a year in the Bigfoot academies. Uh, 
So Trapper is an expert trapper, of course. He spends 250 days of every year in the woods, which I don't think is true by the way he navigates those woods. I think he would <laughs> definitely, maybe it just takes him like a really long time to get around. So maybe that's why it is. Okay. W- without going too far off on a tangent, this is actually one of the things I find most fascinating about this show and why I agreed uh, to be on this incredibly misguided podcast series. <laughs> um they say, they mentioned in the intro that they've been a team, and they, there's a name for this team. Do, do you have it off the top of your head? Yeah, it's AIMS, which stands for Appalachian Investigators of Mysterious Sightings. Yeah, they mentioned that they've been in operation for seven years before the filming of this mm-hmm. first episode. The show came out in 2013. They've claimed they've been operating since 2006. Right. One, you cannot find online any evidence whatsoever of who these people are or what they were doing prior to this moment. So it I is possible. I have a theory th- on that. Uh, I think their <laughs> first, the first draft of the name was Appalachian Investigation of Dangerous Sightings. And... <laughs> okay. So, okay. So we... We should all Google that. Uh, I, uh, okay. But the point is, I can find no, no indication that they were actually doing this prior to now. And everything about how they do this, and we're going to make fun of it as it goes. Because when they go deep into the woods to look for the the uh, mysterious monster's den in every episode, it really does look like they pull the truck just off the highway and they walk <laughs> like 150 feet into the woods. And then they find a pile of sticks and declare it to be the wolf monster's home. So it is, I don't know if they pitched the show claiming they've been doing this for a long time. It does not look like they've been doing this for a long time. It does not look like they're hunters. Like they don't come off to me, like their clothes are really clean. In in many cases, it's stuff that's like not been in the woods or it's new. It. I think and if so, standing. if they're acting, it's like I'm even more interested because it's like then they right. how did they sell the Discovery Travel Plus channel, whatever the hell spinoff <laughs> streaming service they sold this to for for probably four hundred dollars? Like, I don't know. Did they make up a whole backstory and lore? I feel like they also, um, if they had been doing this for seven years, especially at the rate in which they find these monsters they would have all these stories and all these points of references where they'd be like, oh, it's a wolfman. This will be a lot like several of the other wolfmen we've hunted and captured. Uh, but no, they're always learning about monsters for the first time. Jess always got to go to the library and read about it. And, uh, what and you can the see them. fuck's a wolfman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <they're, laughs> they have no idea until, until we watch them learn about it. So Trapper lays out a lot of the formula. He says, from Pennsylvania down through Georgia, we've been every place. And that is exactly what the show is going to fulfill. Uh, that's every place. It is, will only take place in the, in easily drivable locations from, a, uh, from their home in West Virginia. Uh, there, because there's not a travel budget. There's absolutely not a travel budget. Right. Or any kind of budget, really. Or any kind of budget. Most of this show, this is why the podcast is going to be so challenging. Most of this show is recapping what just happened. (laughs) Oftentimes as it's happening, they'll cut away from an event happening and then they'll just stop and recap everything that happened right before it up until they're recapping the event and then they'll cut back to the event. And sometimes they'll skip over the event that they have recapped. Yeah, And the thing that happened is nothing. And the thing that happened is nothing, or they forgot to fulfill that promise. Uh, so each of, there's like maybe 20 minutes of content in, in each of these episodes. 
which is why it's such a bold choice for us to podcast about it. Uh, so the old silver mines is where the, the wolf man hangs out. Uh, this, and as they put it, this wolf man, wolf creature, wolf monster, they finally landed on it, is a seven foot, 500 pound wolf. Uh, wolf man, I believe as Jeff says, wolf man, he likes to kill and he does nothing but kill. <laughs> uh, they have zero uh, evidence of this. Uh, they are have also just exclaimed like this is the first time I've ever heard of the Wolfman. But now Jeff's like, yeah. I know that guy. I fucking know that guy. <laughs> so one of them claims it's a bearilla, a cross between a, a bear and a gorilla. That's Buck. Neither, <laughs> neither of which are a wolf. <laughs> Buck says it's a barilla, <laughs> and you're like, well, everybody looks at him like, what the fuck's a barilla? And he goes, oh, a cross between a bear and a gorilla because of the hair. He says, right. <laughs> uh, Trapper <laughs> calls it bipedal. Oh no, no, uh, Jeff calls it bipedal. And Trapper's like, what the fuck did you just, did you, what the fuck was, he, he's like angry about it. Yeah. And they and all they, pick on him for it. Yeah. A professional hunter and monster hunter who's been doing it for seven years and hunting his whole life has claimed he's never heard the word bipedal before. <laughs> As in that it stands up and walks. None of them have. Oh, back to this. I don't know if you yeah, know. This is their running joke. They'll have, see, there's some comedy. There's, we have mm-hmm. a good time. It's it's not all serious when we're out in the woods, Bigfoot hunting. There's fun for fun. There's time for fun and games. And this is one of them is, uh, is laughing at Jeff, the nerd hillbilly who accidentally used a two syllable, three syllable word. <laughs> and uh, we're going to have some fun with that. Uh, okay, the next part of the format is we must meet a contact. Uh, we will meet this contact by the side of the road or in a field or <laughs> or um, barely in some woods. I apologize. Do we get this before we get our first CG rendering of the creature? Uh, I believe we do. I believe we okay. get the CGI rendering a little bit later. I think as we dial okay. in the format, they introduce that early. But we can go ahead and cover it. They have a terrible CGI render of of every monster in every episode. Uh, sort of a PS1 struggling to load a cutscene kind of monster. Totally immobile. And they just zoom in and over it. Oh, oh zoom in and over it over and over again. It kind of looks like uh, this one looks like it looks like it looks like a werewolf. Yeah, it looks uh, like a werewolf. But he skips every day. But leg day, he's got some fucking thighs on him. <laughs> mm. Jacked. All the monsters they make, I don't want to skip ahead. They all kind of have like weirdly grotesquely powerful thighs. They do. (laughs) They have a thing. I'm not accusing anyone of a sex fetish, but if if you found out their CGI artist had a thigh thing, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, that all makes sense. Yeah, I see that in in his big feet. I I understand. I I get his fetish. He gets his fetish across Um, through through his art. In the course of recapping every episode of this series as as we go, um, we do need to look on the credits and see if we can find out who does their monster renderings yeah. and see if we can track that person down and get them on the show. Do yeah, you I think, bet he follows a lot of models that crush watermelons with their thighs on Instagram. Do you, do you think there's any way he put his real name on those credits? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bet if you start falling down this rabbit hole and looking up the people involved in this show, you will find absolutely nothing. You will find they don't exist. Yeah, this dude's name is Legman Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they meet their first contact. His name is just R. He's a, a true outdoorsman. He says he looks of course like a 60 year old prospector. 
Uh, he's got a flowery do rag though, so you can identify him, you know, as not one of the main crew. They would never. Time. I wrote uh, a quote down from this guy. Do it. Okay, uh, he's a he likes to hunt, and he has a saying out there: "If it flies, it dies. If it flies, it dies." He just goes out to massacre the sky, and hey, that's when he saw the wolfman. But it wasn't flying, so I let it go. Yeah, but <laughs> if it if it got just a couple feet of air. That would have been the end of Wolfman. So he's they they want to highlight the danger. And Trapper says most creatures will head to high ground if they hear gunfire. This one, he came to check it out. They like <laughs> gunfire. They're drawn by gunfire. Yep. They want to get into a gun battle as soon as possible. <laughs> now, you're going to notice between, because they're going to interview multiple witnesses, because what drew them to the scene is that they said they had three sightings of the Wolfman, which they've declared to be a problem. In this and in none of the others, does the Wolfman attack or behave aggressively in right. any way? <laughs> now, there's a thing, of course, called Chekhov's gun, where if you see a gun early in a, in a story, that comes back into play. But uh, here, you're literally given a Chekhov's gun. A, a, a reliable narrator, R, comes out and says, if you shoot this gun, the Wolfman will come. Now, in any other narrative structure, that would mean our main characters would shoot a gun later to lure a Wolfman in. Uh, doesn't come back. Or like by accident and then, oh no, here comes Wolfman. That mm-hmm. really subverts your expectations. It's a reverse Chekhov's gun. And all of them have guns and can't talk about uh, how much they love to use them, though they never will. <laughs> we'll see. We haven't watched every episode. Well, we'll talk about that because with the budget they had, I cannot imagine, because you obviously cannot just discharge, discharge live rounds uh on a set in a tv show um well you can but uh people don't like it it's frowned upon yeah and there's no way they had the budget to do like blanks and then to have somebody on the set to be the arms master and the prop guns and do all the stuff like so you're gonna have a show that is explicitly about trying to shoot appalachian cryptids and I, we do not believe, in the episodes I've seen, they are not allowed to ever discharge these guns. They can only point them over and over again and say, shoot, he went behind the tree. <laughs> Don't have a good shot at it. Now, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the thing is, they never say, we're here to kill Wolfman. Uh, but it always, it just sort of develops that way. So it's always, we're here to investigate. We're here to maybe capture. We're here to certainly provide proof. But as the episode goes on, they will start maybe forgetting the narrative and just being right. like, I'm going to fucking kill that some bitch. Like just, it becomes sort of a personal revenge against yeah. them. They are and like slaves to their impulses. <laughs> This was when Brockway made me first watch this show. This was when I realized what was special about it. Because it's like they talk about it, they introduce a creature, and you expect, okay, they're here to talk to people and then try to set up some cameras, try to lure it to a spot, get some good documentation of it to prove that it exists. That's all these Bigfoot hunters want to do is prove that it's real. And then when I watched the episode, not this one, but the first one I saw was like five of them charge into the woods with their shotguns and they're just pointing the shotguns instantly. Like I almost got it. I I almost, I don't have a clear shot. It's like, Oh, they're here to assassinate. 
the the Kentucky <laughs> it is developed or whatever. <laughs> like, and when they will talk about this as we go, but their plan for like trapping it, there's never like, oh, we're going to trap it. And then we've got tranquilizer darts and then we have an expert right. who got me. No, no, no. It's like the only thing left to do when they trap it would be to just surround it and just do like a Bonnie and Clyde car just thing. Just unload. They just unload every cartridge <laughs> they have brought with them and kill this thing dead and announce to the world, yes, as if they have killed Osama bin Laden. We fucking <laughs> like, got him. Like we got him. Can you believe world, it? Like the whole world has only been hunting Bigfoot to murder it. It's like we have got to rid the world of this thing. If they did, <laughs> I would grab the nearest airline pilot and I'd say, sir – you served your country. I want you to be one of the first to know that we have just killed the Kentucky Wolfman. I wouldn't even. Have I this. wouldn't even specify. I just say we got him. They would they instantly would know. know the Kentucky know. Wolfman just breaks down in tears. God damn! It's over. It's finally over. Uh, <laughs> okay, so now that we've it. gathered our evidence, uh, it's time for the night hunt. Uh, which is I, our next table of the show. A little bit. There's a thing they did here during the day where they went out to a tree and they're like, they're fucking with Buck. They're like, hey, go climb that tree. And he can't because he's a gigantic man. And they all laugh at him despite being the same size. And and then Huckleberry's like, we like picking on Buck. It's like like having a teddy bear, which again, it's, it's so not gross. like having a teddy bear. It's so weird. What are you doing and, to your teddy bear, Huckleberry? <laughs> and then they, they find a tree that they say has been rubbed by a bear, which uh, as you might know, bears like rub on trees, claw at trees to sort of mark their territory. Uh, but then they decide, no, this isn't like a bear rub because this is like a barilla rub because look at how high it is or how low it is. It's really inconclusive, but he's like, this couldn't have been a bear because it's not the right height. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's proof of the supernatural, but they're all thoroughly convinced. Well, it that's just hillbilly like, science right there. Yeah, I guess it, it just feels like a carny trying to explain like, how many balls you get for four dollars? Just like I, I, you're saying a lot of stuff that makes no coherent sense, but I I see you have a goal in mind. Okay, but here's where Sean has accidentally stumbled across what makes this show a beautiful work of art, which is that the bulk of the runtime is them doing improv in the woods, right. like because you can occasionally you'll see a guy posit something that the rest of the gang doesn't go along with. Because <laughs> yes. we'll mention this in a future episode, just as as some foreshadowing. But there's always it's clearly like improv because you'll see like Trapper like we see this branch is broken off like you know a, a a deer can't do that you know a bear can't break off look at how this is broken off and you can see him improvising like this is woods mountain man knowledge but they have to have something in the show to fill minutes. And that's where the show, I feel like, becomes its saddest and most spectacular. If you are into observe, if you are an observer of bad art, I see. I I agree. There's a sadness to it, but it's also like really uh, satisfying to me. Like like for example, they they see some claw marks on a cliff, and they just create an entire narrative. Like, oh look, he climbed on that rock, and then he went to that rock, and it just be it must be so satisfying to be that dumb. Just like form an entire story of werewolf rock climbers in your mind and just say it out loud and be certain of it. And I don't know, there's something about that where I'm like, how, how do I find that certainty in my life? Like that, that <laughs> how do I have the confidence of an idiot? The pure, yes. co pure confidence of a Bigfoot I, idiot. 
But I think it's the same as if you had like a team of experts trying to pursue a project where they don't know if it's scientifically possible. Like right. they have the theory, but it's like they've been tasked with they you you know you have to reach this goal before before the Nazis. Um, it, so the moment that Sean calls out again, where they notice, Jason, I don't know if you know you did this again, but you just made <laughs> an Oppenheimer reference that masterfully done, Brockway. Thank you. Thank you. The, the moment where they see the claw marks on the side of the cliff and declare those can only be Wolfman claw marks. <laughs> right. That's I believe that's nine minutes into the episode because I have that in my notes. So again, you see them pull up into the woods. They talk to a guy in his yard and they go into the woods. They probably walk just off the trail enough that their cars are not vehicle are not visible anymore. But not always. They don't always manage it. Sometimes you can <laughs> see them in the background. And sometimes they're straight up outbuildings with electricity in the middle right. of the woods, quote unquote. We've speculated that there's oftentimes they're just on somebody's property. Anyway, they instantly find claw marks that could only be the Wolfman. This only. mythical creature that people have been seeing for centuries or whatever. Instantly, it's like, boom, Wolfman's and been here. This is the path he takes from his home to whatever. Here's where we'll catch him. Furthermore, now this is where the danger comes in. They've they've already discussed this. Uh, Huckleberry says the danger is unreal. This thing's huge. It could take two or three of us out in no time. And Buck says, so we start shooting. Like, no, 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 no. Uh, and then they find these cliffs. And the, like Sean said, they, they form this narrative just from like where the different scratches are. Well, he must have come through here and now... Now, of course, this wolfman can climb, sorry, wolfman, this wolfman can climb sheer cliffs. So sure. if he can do that, he must attack from the air. And now this is this is now wolfman canon, is that he likes to get the, he's a drop wolf. He is some sort of like <laughs> yes. a paratrooping werewolf that will, that will leap down on you from trees. And now they're all extremely worried about that. So the next scene, you can see them like, like write the next scene in this scene because the next scene has Buck underneath that 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 overhang for no reason. He's just standing under there while the rest of them stand outside of it looking at him. And then, then Jeff has a thermal camera and he's pointing it up at the cliff on top of him and saying, they're right there. They're right there. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ. They're going to jump down on you, Buck. They're going to jump right down on you. And they're all just looking at him from like 20 feet away because they've they've come up with they've, they're like, OK, yeah, that's that's fucking rad that Wolfman attacks from the sky. A lot of tension in that scene. I really thought that he was going to jump right on Buck's head. Their thermal camera is a Predator vision, like Predator the movie type vision camera. I don't think I've seen that in later episodes. Like, I don't, whatever it cost them to do that effect, I don't, I think they either lost that camera <laughs> in the woods at some point or they couldn't afford to do it. Cause I don't think in later seasons they, they have this thing. Cause it's kind of cool. Cause it lets you easily fake any sighting. Cause right. there's like two yellow blobs in the distance. Like there, there's our wolf man. Yeah. It's the only way to do it without, without special effects. And you see them try to do the special effects sometimes. It's like, no, no, we got to stick with that thermal vision where everything's just a blob. Because that's that's a good it's legitimately a good way to ramp up tension on no budget. Like that's that's actually pretty okay filmmaking. Right. To like cut to cut to Ethically, just the blobs and you know what they are. People should know that like there's no nothing off limits to the ethics of the, these producers. So they will have a like a gorilla suit to fake a Bigfoot arm. We yes. we've seen that on an episode we talked about in the Dog Zone 9000. And so uh, like that's what we're dealing with. 
that that level of uh, of deceit. Because in the show, they say, uh, my years of experience, let me know this is where he would den up. So then they go straight to that den and they find a killing site, like a very carefully staged pile of bones that um, bleached completely I, clean of yes. everything. It doesn't look like anything other than like someone who had a bunch of bones that dragged him over there and, and put them in. Uh, again, and, I, and like, their care. biggest, their biggest pile of bones is just a straight up like entire cow, <laughs> right. which yeah. is, and then they, so they have to like spin a story. They're like, that's a goddamn, that some bitch can drag a thousand. Well, first they say that some bitch can drag, drag a 600 pound cow. And then, then I think it's Huckleberry who escalates. That was an 800 pound cow. And then Buck later says, that was a thousand pound steer. That thing dragged a <laughs> bull back here. That we we saw the family size chicken bucket. We right saw that <laughs> that skeleton. It was fairly small, but now it's this, a thousand pound steer. Thousand pound steer. This is the biggest bone yard I've ever found. Says <laughs> Trapper or somebody. Uh, well, he clearly didn't know how to fuck. Short, shortly after that, we get the phrase. That son of a bitch is a mountain monster, and we are on his ass. <laughs> Establishing uh, that they are very angry at this creature. Again, yeah. none of the witnesses they've spoken to, they have not mentioned anyone in history ever having been harmed or killed or even upset to a large degree by the Wolfman. <laughs> they've now established person. it is their nemesis for <laughs> this animal. Wolfman hasn't even gently annoyed anybody, and there's eight hillbillies out here with shotguns gonna fucking annihilate them. So now that we've dropped the title of the show, one of their thousand pound steers is just missing, like with a big dragging trail leading to a bone pit. (laughs) Yeah, somebody probably would have said, "This this looks like I got a Wolfman. Call the mountain monster. Call the Ames. They're the only people equipped to deal with it." And they are, so now we cut to next day, comical, jaunty music as uh, Buck is on his way to meet Willie, and they're, they gotta get some metal to build a trap. And he even says at this point, not sure why we're not going to the hardware store. <laughs> I am. Yeah, Willie has I'm a particular sure. set of skills, and it is metal scavenging. I love this. So, right, uh, so they want to build a werewolf trap, which is a variation of a coyote trap. Um... Just a, like a box with no bottom that's going to drop from the sky onto the wolfman. Yes, um, that's he says he's kind of like the MacGyver, and what he's MacGyvered up is a box with no bottom. Yes, uh, a, a box made of just chunks of like some sort of fencing that yeah, they, is very lightweight and doesn't look like it would trap anyone yeah. except for like these these actual guys, the crew, <laughs> like the cast of Mountain Monsters would be trapped by this, but like like any healthy adult person let alone a 500-pound mythological yeah. creature. It's- so they go to the scrapyard to find this, which is which is where all of this takes place. I'm certain without permission. I'm certain that they, they have a plan to run when the dogs catch scent of them, uh, as, as they always do of Willie. Uh, and they do a great comedy bit. I just, I, as Jason said, part of the charm of this is their improv comedy where they find the steel tubing and Willie's really excited. And Buck says, there's a walker over there. We could use that too. And Willie goes, well, that ain't strong enough. And Buck says, I was thinking for my grandma. So cute. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't a nice coincidence that they found a bunch of like intact fencing panels. I thought like, this is real lucky for these guys trying to build a giant cube to find <laughs> they found five giant cube sides. 
Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, he they throw in a line where Willie says that uh, Buck is extremely strong because uh-huh. I feel like there was some pressure to explain why, like what Buck's skills are. <laughs> <laughs> like, what does he bring to? And in a future episode, there's going to be an entire section of the episode where Buck is gone because he's at work at his job. His right. job. <laughs> yeah, some of them have jobs. Like this is not providing a living for no, them. And why would it? I think he but works he at just, a gas station. Hot dog eating to children. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is what you don't do, kids. You don't, you want to chew your food, not like this. Uh, when. Uh, to, anyway, to demonstrate Buck's superhuman strength, they show him lifting this section of fence into the back of a truck. It probably weighs 25 pounds or yeah, so. Yeah, you can see it's just a plain section of chain link, which weighs absolutely, it's the worst way to prove that. Uh, now we've got to meet our next witness. We always have to meet several witnesses to get our full points of data before we can end this scientific expedition. Man's name to be notable at all. I didn't even write it down. Didn't write it down. Are you are you serious? Did anybody? Of course, he I does. found it to be a completely ordinary name. <laughs> We're getting ready to go meet this man named Turtle Man. <laughs> <laughs> listeners, listeners, we're still only like twenty minutes into this episode. We, we are so far behind. They're only thirty-five minutes do? long, though. We're accelerating rapidly. We're gonna go meet Turtle Man, who is just w- literally waiting by the side of the highway. They pull up to him and get out of the truck, and he's just waiting there. <laughs> he just like leaps at them and's like, "I eat gopher, I eat groundhog." <laughs> like, so he introduces himself. <laughs> uh, he's also, of course, a fifty-something prospector. He eats. Well, he says, "What's the line?" He says. I live strictly off the land. They call me the Turtle Man. I'm Turtle Man. I eat ground. That's what he says. I'm Turtle Man. They call me the Turtle Man. I live strictly off the land like it's a poem. I eat groundhog, possum, skunk, coon. Wait, not skunk, but coon. Uh, you, Yeah, you eat skunk. You eat skunk, oh, Turtle eat Man. Skunk. We know yeah. it. And Trapper gets a little bonding moment with him and says, and groundhog's the best eating of them all. And Turtle Man says, groundhog is delicious. Yep. <laughs> Um, okay, now here's where we're going to get into a contentious area. One, uh, we do not want anyone making a separate like podcast or video series about this podcast series accusing us of being classist. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally do not for one millisecond believe that the people they interview who claim they live off the land are actually eating possum. I think they are playing to what they think is the stereotype of people watching the show. And I think there is a lot of that. Like Trapper claiming he spends 250 days of the year in the woods. In Appalachia, like somebody in this guy's class and situation, he has a diet that is as unhealthy as what he just described, but it's a lot of processed stuff from a dollar store and a lot of Mountain Dew. It's not freaking skunks that's a spaghetti that is, body yeah it, it's yeah it's canned stuff and ramen and stuff like that so uh, it i feel like they lean so hard into the stereotypes that they are trying to play it up in a way that i don't think is real because they keep running into people who are cartoons like yes right. turtle his name is not turtle man <laughs> I'm, t- I'm turtle man they call me turtle man i live off the land i do i am and I feel like if two guys are like, hey, I eat groundhog, and another guy says, yeah, groundhog's the best, that first guy's going to say, bitch, describe groundhog to me. Like, there, there's a gatekeeping <laughs> in the groundhog eating community. 
<laughs> yeah, Trapper was trying to catch him out, and Turnland was just like, "Yeah, well, it's delicious." Yep. No, it's Name not. Four aspects of groundhog meat. <laughs> Trapper knows that it's specifically not delicious. That it's an acquired taste. It's musky. You would describe it as musky. Uh, not skunk so like, but musky. So Turtle Man, who lives entirely off the land and eats, eats skunks, uh, he has a hand camera, of course, that he takes mm-hmm. with him. Uh, and luckily, he was recording trees that had been struck by lightning to show his wife. Uh, I he love was this part. for syrup. <laughs> and he That's found he found lightning struck trees uh, with his with his camera. He brings his his record his handheld camera out there everywhere, uh, and he recorded this wolf like creature. And Jeff says, "Bipedal, huh?" And Turtle Man goes, "What?" This is there. What did you just say to me? You fuck get this fucking guy. I thought you weren't narcs. <laughs> <laughs> you said you weren't narcs. It's maple syrup. I was I was it was my maple syrup. Mm-hmm. I was wrong to trust you that you ate groundhog. So he has the most ultra low resolution shaky out of focus, filmed from a mile away, gray blob for one tenth of a second. And the second, I mean the second trapper sees that he goes, Yep, that's a werewolf. That's him. Yeah. All right, got him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 100% no question. Positive. Can I be any other type of? It, it, there's a running bit that, that once they enter the woods, no other creatures exist. Like if they hear a twig snap, that's a wolf man. Yes. It's not. Oh, that could be a deer. That could be a squirrel. That could be a raccoon. It could be literally anything. It's always. Did you hear that? He's here. Almost. <laughs> All of these creatures are onto them immediately. <laughs> Almost all of these creatures turn the tables on them instantly. Uh, yeah, so part of the narrative that they always invent is that like they're one step behind whatever they're hunting. <laughs> There's a reason for that. They could they could just imagine themselves to be better hunters because none of it's really happening. But, but that's the yeah. only way it, they don't have it is that if it was smarter than them. Yep. So, uh, and you know what, uh, you know what, it might be, I might believe them because Trapper says, our saw I'm only two miles away. And what gives me, what that gives me is a point A and a point B. And that's <laughs> a line where I can set my trap. Okay. So what he's doing, he has enough information to triangulate, sorry, line angulate his position based mm-hmm. on a single line of two points he has seen with no time or relativity between them. But that's where he is. That's where he goes. Uh, there's only 15 minutes left in the episode, so we've we've got him. That's it. We got him, 100. Uh, percent Willie is now. It's now time to go to uh, Willie and Wild Bill's uh, crackhead tra- trap shack. I guess uh, they're gonna design a trap uh, because. And the, what what's great is they show his notes of of how he's going to design this trap. They just flash to it real quick, and it is covered all the way around with like advanced mathematics, mathematics, like much like uh, Jason. Um, Much, much like the research is at the university of California, Berkeley, who discovered plutonium in 1940, kind of laying the foundations for trying to figure out like what are, you know, is it possible to create a chain reaction with this material before? And then it would be in the university of Chicago where they would actually make the first reaction occur. And, what they it's called the Chicago pile. Amazing all this came together. Yeah. Yeah. This is perfect. I could, I, I'm glad you're appreciating my genius. So he has all of his advanced math to build a box with no bottom, uh, which, which he is. She has done. It's literally a stupid. No, no, no. Let me start over. I'm making it too complicated. <laughs> so he shows. Enough. Like this he, thing fucking sucks. A domesticated puppy would get out of this in moments. Like a medium sized man could easily just heft this up and squeeze under the bottom. 
It's made out of chain link and they've shown that the support bars are hollow steel intentionally. So yeah, it weighs like 30 pounds. It's literally a Scooby-Doo trap and like not, not the one that like works kind of at the end. I would argue there is no living thing this could contain. Well, again, no, several members of the crew of Mountain Monsters, I do believe would be successful. (laughs) There's a real real danger. (laughs) Successfully incapacitated by this creature. But they even made a point of showing Buck easily lifting the materials for this (laughs) trap into the back. It would know without straining. And they were trying to point, and that's, that's why they had those lines like, well, Buck, understand, has superhuman strength. Like right. they had a 500-pound wolf monster, which pound <laughs> for pound would be stronger than a man. Like, that's just, you know, the way it, it would work. That's Any animal sense. would be a wild animal. <laughs> like, this thing, if even this thing weighed 1,000 pounds, you would not necessarily trust it to contain that hypothetical animal. And what they have, like, when they drop it, because they're going to suspend it and then drop it, to test it out. And it, it bounces off the ground because it <laughs> right. doesn't weigh anything. <laughs> yep. But he's it's so not, confident. It's not even ground so that there's just like huge gaps that like a man could squeeze under. Or Willie well, sees none of these problems. He just narrows his eyes and goes, Wolfman's ours. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got this. We got this light box with one side missing. He's we got him. Uh, so they head to it another a, it's prospector. A super trap. If you ever watched cartoons in the seventies when someone would throw a bunch of icicles around someone and make like a cage, it's it, it's that. Then <laughs> they're, they're like, ah, oh, there's no point. There's no point getting out of, out of this one. <laughs> so made an inescapable prison for me. <laughs> Wolf, Wolfman just doesn't know. Uh, so they head, head to a third witness, Jasper, uh, who says he's lived outdoors for 50 years, uh, which is just homeless. That's just homeless. Uh, he was setting snares when he heard it howl, and then it went from a howl to a roar. And Jeff has to step in here because it's been a while since he's proved his worth as a hill scientist. He asks, uh, now, was it a deep noise? It wasn't a grunt or a blow? <laughs> and he says, no, Jeff, it went from a howl to a blur." <laughs> Conclusive. Conclusive. Uh, he has a picture of the track, uh, which is hilarious how track-shaped it is. It's how a child would draw a track. It's perfectly outlined, like no gradient in the depression. So they just got like cookie cutter <laughs> shapes yes. and pushed them into the dirt. Uh, clearly no rolling motion has ever taken place. I like place. that he says, he like qualifies the picture. He's showing it to me. And it was taken in haste. It was like, no, like judge it's not it. the best track picture, but I just knew he was on his way back. <laughs> and Trapper says, it's not a bear track. It's not a cougar track. So it has to be a wolf creature. It has to be a wolf creature track. I, like just, you can't argue with that. That's, the only options is bear, cougar, yeah. wolf man. Uh, so now you have it. You have the third point uh, to try line angulate this wolf some bitch. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna get it. So they've they've got the trap, trap set up. I bet and, uh, the werewolf will not even know something tried to trap it when this fucking box falls on him. <laughs> it does work. They they try to get Buck to go in it. He refuses <laughs> quite wisely because <laughs> this would probably kill him. Uh, they throw a rock on the pressure plate. It drops, and Trapper says, "I almost got a chubby on it. Was so much fun." Uh, so yeah, okay. <laughs> it's a great line. It's a great line read. It Great improv. A, it's a sexier show than you might imagine. Yeah, they, they there's a lot of nudity, a lot of uh, chemistry. We, we get we get sexy. We do get yeah. sexy. Uh, so they're doing some really easy scouting in the woods. This isn't their full hunt. And uh, Trapper says, 
I got an extra rifle, Wild Bill, if you need one. And Wild Bill says this quote. I don't need a rifle. I am a weapon. I got a knife. You get him in a corner. I'll come in there. I'll slit his throat, man. <laughs> get him in a corner. <laughs> get him in a corner. And I'll run in and slit his throat. Again, we have up until this point, we were pretending like this was an investigation. And Wild Bill's like, I'm going to fucking kill him. I'll kill, I'm a weapon. I got a knife. The second we find a corner out here in the woods. That being said, they are going to put him in a cage with no clear plan after that. But I think Wild Bill has made it clear what he thinks it is. But I feel like this answers a question that a lot of casual viewers would have, which is like, well, why haven't I personally seen one of these creatures in Mm -hmm. my life? And it's like, but that's like asking if you have a building that has a regular exterminator, well, why don't I ever see any bugs? It's like, because you've got someone taking them out before mm-hmm. you see them. And the reason you do, your woods around your home are not just infested with big feats is because you have these people out there eliminating them every day. Specifically Wild Bill. He is he is so on point, like there a branch snaps and he just fucking spins around on it. He's chemically primed for tracking. Yeah, his jaw moving constantly like he just can't keep taking the part scent. Of his face still, you so, know, he can, it's, so he hunts by taste. Clearly. (laughs) All right. So they set up their trap and now it's time for the final, the night vision hunt. They always hunt them at night because apparently all of these are, uh, are nocturnal creatures. Uh, Mm -hmm. they goat the trap. Uh, we, we didn't realize there was a goat (laughs) and then trapper says, after they put the goat in, he says, don't worry. I ain't going to let that son bitch get you Daisy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's extremely, this is a point that we, we we must take a moment. I realize, again, we're trying to get this done quickly. We need to linger on this moment. Out of nowhere, they pull what appears to be a pet goat with a name that they're going to use as bait. Yeah. And this confused, t- tame goat is like sitting there on a leash, like underneath their cartoon Wiley Coyote trap. And so they... They realize the problem with this, so they have they have recorded a moment of him reassuring the goat. <laughs> Don't worry, when this 500-pound wolf monster gets into the trap with you, because he comes to eat you, he'll come and try to eat you, then he will be trapped. You will be in the trap with the wolf monster. That's when... Uh, Unspecified actions will occur that Mm -hmm. will keep you perfectly safe. Like, you're in no danger here. His exact quote was, once that... He he leans down into into the goat for, like, some reassurance, and then he says, once that trap comes up around him... He's going to completely forget about Daisy. Is he? <laughs> I, I think he's probably going to be like, sweet, it can't run. Anyway. I'm bre- break this thing's neck, put it in my jaws, lift this object that is, this, these leaves or whatever have fallen on me. And <laughs> then eat the most man I've ever seen. Eat a man buffet that you have brought for me. <laughs> All right, so our, our next staple is uh, walking very slowly around the woods at night with great difficulty, uh, which they do for a while. Uh, this is the most dangerous part of the show. I'm not really making a joke. Like that's a, I think they do get like minor league hurt a few times, and it's always just from walking around, especially at night. It's it's tough for them. They have uh, big hillbilly golf carts uh, that they they ride around in. But there are certain scenes they can't use them for. So they find a small hole. They decide that it's a werewolf den. Uh, Despite how large this thing surely is, and we keep emphasizing. They've split up, of course. Trapper's team is is hearing branch snaps, which will be 
which a hundred percent a monster. That's how you know it's a monster is that a branch will snap in the woods at night. Uh, Jeff's team uh, is at the hole and Willie has decided he has to poke his head in the hole. That is the full Which thought process. It's any just, hunter would do. Like you could, That's how you know these men have been hunting and living in the woods their whole lives. If you see a hole that a predator is living in, you put your you head just in poke, it. You poke your head right in there. And he, he screams immediately. He goes, oh, oh my God. So uh, that's how Willie died. Willie has been ripped in half <laughs> in the first episode. Can you believe it? It's yeah. like Game of Thrones. Like They show that man graphically ripped in half. Uh, no, they cut to commercial and then recap everything that's that's taken place up until now. And then they, they finally catch back up to the present. And Willie says, I don't know, like a flash of fur or something. Now, this is the third and final night of the hunt because you only get uh, three nights to catch a wolfman by Kentucky regulations. So yes. they have to get him this night or it's over. And yeah, the, the, as, as is, I believe it's just monster hunting regulations because it's always three nights. Yes. You have a three. You have three nights to hunt the monster, That's and like if you can't do it, it's only sporting to let them go. <laughs> like they've earned it, really. No, uh, so I like, now I like that a lot of their plan was just to kind of get their rifles out and just uh, sort of look around the wolves. I liked when they went back to back. Uh, I don't know why I wrote this down, but I wrote back to back and Wolfman tracking, which I think is probably what they call that. <laughs> what else would you call it? It's like a hillbilly phalanx. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> They've heard a snap, and then Trapper hears a snap, and then he says, well, I don't know what you heard. Maybe we got two of them, because we had one in a tree. So he's trying to take like the improv over, like, no, it's my team. It's my team that has it. And then Huckleberry says, oh, God, can you imagine if there was two of them? And Trapper says immediately, I think there's two of them. Yep. <laughs> you, would, you could see him decide that like in yep. the moment. This is a theme of the show, where there's a certainty that the thing that they're that they found isn't what they're looking for, but that actually ends up being proof of not only that it's what they were looking for, but more of it. But even, yeah, there's always a twist and here. And here's the first time we run into a central confusion of the show that to my knowledge will never be resolved because sometimes they will reference the creature as if it is an immortal singular right. creature. Like, well, they have been Wolfman sightings since 1803 around here, they'll say. Every episode something like that. They've been seeing these for hundreds of years. This one they mentioned earlier that it's, it lives in a silver mine. Something that never comes up again because they did not have access to a <laughs> yeah, silver mine to shoot it. And then other times they will start talking about the creature as if it is a species of creature. Mm -hmm. Like, well, this is, you know, a mother Wolfman will typically do this, this, and this. Because they'll start BSing. They'll do their improv. But I don't think they ever establish in their own minds and in their own lore, just as with Bigfoot sightings, are we talking about a singular thing that people have been seeing for hundreds of years that apparently never dies? Or are we talking about a type of creature that for some reason are just very hard to spot for everyone except for us? And I don't think they ever explicitly acknowledge that. And so like here, it's like, well, maybe there's more than one. And they, mm -hmm. you'll get that improv in a bunch of episodes where they, one of one member will say, well, I think I saw two of them. And then in an episode we're going to discuss later, the rest of the crew will not go along with it. They're like, no, I think there was just one. No, we don't. We, we are not set explain. up for that. There's a lot of sexual dimorphism in a wolfman. So like a lady wolfman is much, much smaller. You see, they're bipedal. <laughs> So they hear uh, Roar taking 
exactly from a Halloween record. Like it's, it does not match the mix of the rest of the sound. It's very much a woo. It's preceded by the words spooky sound effects. Side one. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it doesn't match at all. It's hilarious that they even tried to pass that off, but they all of course being consummate professionals yes, act like they were courageous. terrified. So famous. For, well, this was season one. Of course, all these men are now famous for killing several big feet. But uh, at the time, they were, they were uh, you know, a little scared. So Willie really says, I never heard nothing like that. I'm from West Virginia. We don't have nothing like that around here. Which the whole point of the show is you've been doing this since 2006. <laughs> yes. And you've Holy seen countless of these guys. things like that in West Virginia. <laughs> and Trapper goes... He's enormous. He controls the valley. It's his territory. That's what the roar was telling me. It wasn't an attack roar. It was a get the fuck out roar. So I he can, it. he speaks werewolf and uh, he's fluent in it, despite also nobody has ever heard it. <laughs> uh, Jeff has the infrared. He, that's how good a, a trapper he is. He's just fluent. Oh, no, he, his name is Trapper. He's not a, he's not the trapper. It's just his name. He's, Bill Trapper or something. He's not the trap. They have two other trap masks. Don't conf- Why are you getting confused? The point is, it's the first time he's heard a wolfman talk and he can already understand it. And he speaks it. He's fluent. Yes, of course. Jeff has the infrared up. He's got a blob, of course. <laughs> and Trapper looks at the blob and says, it ain't happy. Uh, which you can tell by the way the blob is. Uh, mm-hmm. They flush it towards the trap sending it away from the infrared camera, giving no directions to the other team. It's pure chaos. Jeff loses it from the thermal. Somebody hears something. Willie screams. I, I want to stop. I there think because- I see the Wolfman. I got a glimpse. <laughs> I, I wrote that down too. I think I see the Wolfman. Uh, I, I took it to mean that he could turn his heat off. Like I, like he's like the predator where he like understood that something else is detecting him using his thermal. And so he turned his heat off. Like that's, maybe he says he he's, he says he's gone from the thermal is what right. he says. So yes. either he's vanished uh, using predator technology, which I'm sure if you were in the woods that night and you said that they would be like, then that would be Wolfman Cannon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can adjust their temperature if someone has a thermal camera. Of course, that's, and they ta- they attack from science. above. We all know this. Yep. Uh, so they pile into their ATVs and haul ass to the trap. Uh, the cage is still up. Daisy looks okay, so everybody breathes a sigh of relief because Daisy is now our favorite character. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so they go to check the camera they set up. They find more tracks, uh, but of course, no Wolfman. Uh, Jeff plays it back, and for some reason, they made a decision here, and it's to set up this camera to only film the goat right. in extreme close-up. <laughs> <laughs> Very smart. <laughs> Decided that's that's what's going to give them the evidence they need. And a white blob well, great passes. About that. In- right. You, if something crosses the camera, then you got that white blob. That's what you want. Yeah. You want that tight white blob. It gets so close. You can't see anything about it. It's just a white blob that moves past. And they go, yep, that's it. That's it. In fact, Trapper says, look at him. Not interested in the goat at all. Must be pretty smart. I think he's taunting us. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way to take it. That's I know the body language of a blob. Now, Wild Bill says he ain't never seen nothing like that, but I have seen a blob when it's taunting a goat, and that's what this was. <laughs> goat taunting blob. Now, well, I spent, you know what? I have I seen something like that. I spent two months fisting a tube, and in my experience, a blob 
showing this type of physical language is taunting. It's taunting a goat. So, oh my God, it's coming into play. It's all, you see, your knowledge, it was necessary. Mm -hmm. It was all, it was all necessary. Trapper further elaborates from that blob. This is not the wolf man we was after. This is a different wolf man. That's why we didn't get him. The only reason we didn't get him uh, is because this was a different one. It's, and now they, they didn't find the thing they were specifically looking for, which only proves that the thing they were looking for was there. <laughs> of course. And now, uh, based on our investigations, here's what we know about the wolf man. He's a big bitch. <laughs> big bitch, yeah. That's no, no. Step one, you must understand he's a big bitch. <laughs> and then later, another thing, that he's smart. Because he had yeah. that camoed up good, so he could see it, therefore he's smart. Smart things can see stuff good. Yep. Huckleberry chimes in to say, well, we seen it, we heard it, we got it on film. It is a <laughs> badass monster. <laughs> He thinks they proved it. Yeah, they proved it. They're done. They're done. And uh, Willie, Willie has the final line of this episode. Uh, he wraps it up all so beautifully. He says, Now I become death. <laughs> <laughs> Willie says, This wolf man is super smart. He has to be. I think he just plum outsmarted us. <laughs> First episode of your monster hunting reality show. You're all monster hunting experts. You got outsmarted by the Wolfman. And, and the, all these shows, episodes always end is my favorite thing with them <laughs> leaving the woods. The problem unsolved. The yeah. problem because unsolved again, with a trap left behind. That brought the, <laughs> right, right. The, the thing that brought them there. Look, they didn't come there to study. They came there to kill it because they established, in order to up the urgency of what they were doing, they established it as a danger to everyone in the woods. Like they kept talking about how territorial it is, how strong it is. This thing could can kill, you know, and drag a cow. Like it's all implying that every minute this thing survives, the people who live around here are in danger. And then after that third night, it's like, well, it thwarted our trap. Going home, <laughs> it's we we got our white blob on camera. We got right, what we came for. We we yeah. pissed it off and left a dangerous trap in your woods and and, and a confused goat for a, a man shaped person on what we've established is a popular trail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to go out, I'd like for us to try to decide on our favorite quote from this episode. Uh, it's an impossible ask. Mm -hmm. I know there's so many. Uh, does anybody have a favorite? Hmm. I might go with when Willie, Willie's shriek when he went face first into the monster <laughs> hole. Uh, I know it's not an exact quote, but I just really liked that. Uh, just the panic scream when when he saw a flash of fur. And I, I obviously am sticking with this is the biggest boneyard I've ever seen. <laughs> Fantastic. No, I'm, oh, I apologize. I misquoted him. This is the biggest boneyard I've ever found. I've, I've found so many. <laughs> right. uh, I'm going to have to give Lies it to Wild Bill with, okay. uh, I don't need a rifle. I am a weapon. I got a knife. You get him in a corner, I'll come in there and slit Wolfman's throat. <laughs> You had the 